What is faithful love? Let's split the words in two. The dictionary defines faithful as firm devotion into something. Love, on the other hand, means an intense feelings or deep affection to something. And so when we combine these two, it makes the meaning as firm devotion with deep affection. It means a total devotion to make that love happens. But in our society today, faithful love seems to be rare. It seems to be an outdated term. Most often, love is uh, divorced from faithfulness. And so, when in a relationship, differences surface in the midst of their love for one another, it often ends up in a relationship failure. As a proof of that, according to the United States National Center for Health Statistics, out of approximately 4 to 5 million people who get married in the U.S. every year, 42 to 53 percent of those marriages eventually end in divorce. Well, the United States is not alone in the statistics because Belgium has the highest divorce rate by 71 percent. In this world, if faithful love exists, it is rare, it is difficult to find. But look with me at Psalms 107, because it tells that though faithful love is rare and hard to find, it is sure to be found in God. Psalms 107 tells that God has set his firm devotion to love his own people, who though they are unlovable, sinful, hard-headed, they experience God's goodness and God's faithful love many times. God is firmly devoted to these people, and Psalms 107 directs us to experience this kind of love from God. So read with me from Psalms 107. Give thanks to the Lord, for He is good. His faithful love endures forever. Let the redeemed of the Lord proclaim that He has redeemed them from the power of the foe and has gathered them from the lands from the east and the west, from the north and the south. Some wandered in the desolate wilderness, finding no way to a city where they could live. They were hungry and thirsty. Their spirits failed within them. Then they cried out to the Lord in their trouble. He rescued them from their distress. He led them by the right path to go to a city where they could live. Let them give thanks to the Lord for his faithful love and his wondrous works for all humanity. For he has satisfied the thirsty and filled the hungry with good things. Others sat in darkness and gloom, prisoners in cruel chains, because they rebelled against God's commands and despised the counsel of the Most High. He broke their spirits with hard labor. They stumbled and there was no one to help. Then they cried out to the Lord in their trouble. He saved them from their distress. He brought them out of darkness and gloom and broke their chains apart. Let them give thanks to the Lord for his faithful love and his wondrous works for all humanity. 
for he has broken the bronze gates and cut through the iron bars. Fools suffered affliction because of their rebellious ways and their iniquities. They loaded all food and came near the gates of death. Then they cried out to the Lord in their trouble. He saved them from their distress. He sent his word and healed them. He rescued them from the pit. Let them give thanks to the Lord for his faithful love and his wondrous works for all humanity. Let them offer sacrifices of thanksgiving and announce his works with shouts of joy. Others went to sea in ships conducting trade on the vast water. They saw the Lord's works, his wondrous works in the deep. He spoke and raised a stormy wind that stirred up the waves of the sea. Rising up to the sky, sinking down to the depths, their courage melting away in anguish. They reeled and staggered like drunkard, and all their skill was useless. Then they cried out to the Lord in their trouble, and he brought them out of their distress. He stilled the storm to a whisper, and the waves of the sea were hushed. They rejoiced when the waves grew quiet. Then he guided them to the harbor they longed for. Let them give thanks to the Lord for his faithful love and his wondrous works for all humanity. Let them exalt him in the assembly of the people and praise him in the council of the elders. He turns rivers into desert, springs into thirsty ground, and fruitful land into salty wasteland because of the wickedness of its inhabitants. He turns the desert into a pool, dry land into springs, he causes the hungry to settle there, and they establish a city where they can live. They sow fields and plant vineyards that yield a fruitful harvest. He blesses them and they multiply greatly. He does not let their livestock decrease. When they are diminished and are humbled by cruel oppression, oppression and sorrow, he pours contempt on nobles and makes them wander in a trackless wasteland. But he leaves the needy out of their suffering and makes their families multiply like flocks. The upright see it and rejoice, and all injustice shuts its mouth. Let whoever is wise pay attention to these things and consider the Lord's acts of faithful love. Let us come to the Lord in prayer. O oh, Father in heaven, we pray that your word will speak to our hearts today and that by the power of your spirit would make us see and understand the purpose of your wondrous works and your goodness and cause us to consider your faithful love. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. The main point of our sermon today is consider the Lord's faithful love. Consider the Lord's faithful love. And I have three sermon points for you. First, the redeemed of the Lord know God's faithful love. The redeemed of the Lord know God's faithful love. Second, the redeemed of the Lord cries out to God. The redeemed of the Lord cries out to God. And last, the redeemed of the Lord give thanks to God. The redeem of the Lord give thanks to God. Let's go to the first point of our sermon. The redeem of the Lord knows God's faithful love. 
Psalms 107 begins with a call to give thanks to the Lord because He is good and His faithful love endures forever. The reasons that the psalmist gave for giving thanks to the Lord are two things. Uh, first one is God is good, and the second is His faithful love endures forever. So what does it mean when the Bible says that God is good? We hear this a lot of times in a song that God is good all the time. Well, it is true because Psalms 107 gave us many examples of God's goodness. Look with me in verse 4 to 7. God is good because He led a wandering people in the desert by the right path into a city where they could live. And then in verse 9, He filled them and satisfied them. He satisfies the hungry and the thirsty. Then look with me in verse 14 to 16. God is good because He brought some out of darkness and out of gloom by releasing them from the chains. Some are in prisons, and God has freed them. God is good. And then look with me in verse 20. Psalms 107 that God tells that God is good because He sent His word to the sick people and then healed them. God is good to these people. And then proceed to verse 29. God is good to those who are suffering from calamity, from distress. And then from verse 33 to verse 42, if you will take note of that, God moves and changes things in order to lift the needy out of their suffering. And then He blesses them and multiplies their families. God is good to these people. Psalms 107 tells us that these people experience God's goodness. God is good. But one thing that we should know about God's goodness is that God is good not only for His own people, but God is good to all the creation that He has made. Psalms 145 verse 9 tells us that the Lord is good to everyone. His compassion rests on all he has made. In the New Testament, the authors of the Gospels like Matthew and Luke tells us that God's people should be like their Father in heaven who does good things even to those who does not honor and recognize him. Matthew 5.45 tells that God causes the sun to rise on the evil and on the good. And He sends rain to the righteous and the unrighteous. In systematic theology, we call this God's common grace. God is good to everyone, to all the people that He has made. But in our sermon text, in Psalms 107, if we carefully look at it, in verse 2, we can notice that the psalmist calls only for the redeemed people. He calls only for a specific people. It is because not only that these people experience God's goodness, but specifically the redeemed has experienced God's faithful love that endures forever. 
This is the second thing, the second reason why the psalm is called to praise God or to give thanks to God because God's faithful love endures forever. What does it mean when the Bible says that God's faithful love endures forever? In the Bible, we can read a lot of passages that tells that God's faithful love endures forever. A while ago, we heard a song that tells that God's faithful love endures forever. Well, we will have a better understanding of what it means if we know the storyline of this psalm that it presents. A careful study of Psalms 107 will tell us that this psalm is a continuation of Psalms 106. And so we will look back, not in all the verses of Psalms 106, but the last two verses of Psalms 106. Look with me at Psalms 106, verse 47. Psalms 106, verse 47 tells, The psalmist pray, Save us, Lord our God, and gather us from the nations so that we may give thanks to your holy name and rejoice in your, pray, in your praise. This is the prayer of the psalmist in Psalms 106. He is asking God to save them and gather them from the many nations so that they can give thanks to the Lord and rejoice in praise. Aside from this, both of these psalms exactly begin with the same praise in the beginning. Give thanks to the Lord for He is good. His faithful love endures forever. So these two songs are connected to each other. But Psalms 106 is a contemplative prayer of the psalmist for a specific people who confesses their sin. These specific people are called God's own possession or God's inheritance. In other words, they are called the redeemed. These specific people are the descendants of Israel. But over the history of time, we read in the Bible that they have not been faithful to their God. And that's the reason why they were dispersed and scattered to many nations. While Psalms 106 is a prayer for salvation, Psalms 107 is a call for the people to praise and exalt God because God has answered their prayers. Look with me on Psalms 107 verse 2 and 3. It says, Let the redeemed of the Lord proclaim that He has redeemed them. Do you see God's answer in this? God has redeemed them from the power of the foe and has gathered them from the lands, from the east and the west, from the north and the south. These people are called by the psalmist to give thanks to God because God has answered their prayers. Psalms 107 and Psalms 106 tells us that the redeemed people give thanks to the Lord not only because of God's common grace, but because of the specific goodness of God, which is called the faithful love that endures forever. In other words, the redeemed knows God's faithful love that endures forever. Now you may say that this text is all about Israel only. 
You may ask, what does this passage speak for us today? But take a look with me at the passage which was, which was not written for the Israelite. It was written to a people who are called Christians. Look at Romans chapter 15, verse 7. Romans 15, 7 says, Therefore, welcome one another, just as Christ also welcomed you to the glory of God. The Apostle Paul is telling the Christians in Rome to welcome each other. The Jewish Christians should welcome the non-Jewish Christians, and the non-Jewish Christians should welcome the Jewish Christians. And who is Paul writing to? The Christians in Rome. Are they purely Israelites? No. They are the Roman Gentiles. And in what name are they identified by the Jewish people? They call them the Gentile believers. Brothers and sisters, that's you and me. Look a bit farther below on Romans 15 verse 12 and see the reason why they follow Paul's instruction. It says, and again, Isaiah says, the root of Jesse will appear. The one who rises to rule the Gentiles. The Gentiles will hope in him. In other words, Paul tells these Israelite Christians that they are not the only people that the root of Jesse, the Messiah, Jesus Christ, will redeem, but also the Gentile people. Now, let's look on where Paul get this verse from Isaiah. Look at Isaiah 11, 10 to 11. Isaiah 11, 10 to 11 says, On that day, the root of Jesse, exactly what Paul has said to the Roman Christians, the root of Jesse will stand as a banner for the peoples, the nations, which Isaiah pertains to be not purely Israelite people, the nations will look for his guidance and his resting place will be glorious. And on that day, the Lord will extend his hand a second time to recover the remnant of his people who survived from Assyria, Egypt, Patros, Cush, Elam, Shinar, Hamad, and the coast and islands of the west. Are these familiar in Psalms 107? Let the redeem of the Lord give thanks to God. For he has gathered them from the lands, from the east and the west, from the north and the south. Today, our sermon text calls for all the redeemed people, Jews and non-Jews. Our text calls for the redeemed who knows God's faithful love that endures forever. He calls the redeemed of the Lord from the four corners of the earth. People from the USA, people from Pakistan, from India, from Nepal, from Uganda, from Singapore, from the Philippines. People from many places who were redeemed by Jesus Christ are being called by 107 to give thanks to God because they have experienced the specific goodness of the Lord, which is God's faithful love that endures forever. And how did we experience this? We experienced this through Christ Jesus. 
when we cried out to him in our distress and he answered us from our trouble. He saved us from our sins and gave us the righteousness that we needed the most so that we can come to God's presence. Brothers and sisters in Jesus Christ, the root of Jesse, the Messiah, whom God has sent all the peoples of the world from all different places can rejoice in God and give thanks to the Lord for He is good and His faithful love endures forever. So brothers and sisters, if you have experienced this specific goodness of the Lord and you have come to know the faithful love of the Lord that endures forever, you are the redeemed. But how does the redeemed experience the faithful love of the Lord? It is when the redeemed cries out to the Lord. And this is our second point today. The redeemed cries out to the Lord. Or the redeemed of the Lord cries out to their God. Brothers and sisters, consider the many examples that the psalmist provide us, provided to us in Psalms 107. Look at verse 4. In verse 4, people who wandered in desolate wilderness finding no way to a city where they could live, these people experience God's acts of faithful love. In what way? Verse 5, they were hungry and thirsty. They are lost, confused. They are in the middle of the desert. What would you expect in the middle of the desert when you are hungry and thirsty? You will be confused and you will not have a capacity to think. Their spirit failed within them. Their hope has disappeared and they have given up on what they can do. But in verse 6, look what is said. Then they cried out to the Lord in their trouble. God rescued them from their distress. The Redeemer of the Lord cries out to the Lord. Look at another situation in verse 10. Others sat in darkness and gloom, prisoners in cruel chains, not because of their physical limitations, but because of their own rebellion against the Lord. Verse 11 says that they rebelled against God's command and despised the counsel of the Most High. But in verse 12, when God broke their spirits with hard labor, when they stumbled, when there was no one to help, they realize that they have sinned against God. And in verse 13, what does it say? Then they cried out to the Lord in their trouble. God graciously saved them from their distress. The redeemed of the Lord cries out to God. Then look at another example in verse 17. People whom God afflicted with sickness because of their sin and rebellion against God. God removed even their appetite for food and they are almost nearing death verse 19 says then they cried out to the lord in their trouble god saved them from their distress and then look at verse 23 even those who normally live their lives and normally do their usual business and jobs such as trading on bus waters maybe they are seamen they are skilled and knowledgeable and they know the waters. They are expert. 
they are rich and they don't need so much in life because they can trade. But when they are confronted by the works of the Lord, by the stormy wind, by the waves of the sea, rising up to the sky, sinking down to the depths, all their boastings, all their skills and knowledge and abilities becomes useless. Their skills were compared to a drunken person staggering and being carried away. And then look in verse 28. Then they cried out to the Lord in their trouble, and God brought them out of their distress. All these people cried out to their God, and God rescued them. All of them experienced what it is to be in need of rescuing and experience God's faithful love that endures forever because they cried out. In the same way, brothers and sisters, we Christians are called to the name of the Lord because Jesus Christ has rescued us from the power of sin and death. When we cried out to the Lord, when we confessed our sins, when we repent from it, when we believe in the Lord Jesus Christ who rescued us from the penalty of death because of our sin. Christians experience God's redemption and have known God's faithful love that endures forever through Jesus Christ when we cried out to the Lord. For some people like me, just imagine how much God has endured with much patience so that we would repent from our sins. I know myself. I know how many sins I have done before the Lord. But God's faithful love endures forever, and He has reached me through Jesus Christ. Brothers and sisters, just imagine how the Lord has preserved through the years His Word, the Bible, so that it would reach us today, and so that you can hear the gospel of Jesus Christ. Just imagine how many different stories of joy, suffering, peace, trials, and tribulation of the early Christians how many have they experienced so that the Holy Spirit can write their stories in the New Testament to be an example for us? Have you cried out to the Lord in your trouble? Have you cried out to the Lord in your distress? And have you cried out to the Lord in your sins? My dear friends, if you have not experienced God's redemption yet, I encourage you to pay attention to what to Psalms 107, to what it says, and consider the Lord's acts of faithful love. Maybe you are just like one of those examples that the psalmist has given in our sermon passage. Maybe right now you feel lost and you don't know what to do, just like those people who are wandering in the desert. Maybe right now you are like one of the psalms who, who is hungry and who is thirsty because you are out of job or maybe you are homeless. Or maybe you are afflicted because of the sin, just like the one mentioned there. And maybe you think that your sin is just unforgivable. Or maybe you are just a like, like the normal person in this Psalms 107. Satisfied, content, doesn't have much problem in life. Maybe you are like the one mentioned in this Psalm, who is wealthy and are able. He can conduct trading whether in water or in land. 
But my dear friends, whatever your status in life, whatever the status in life of all these people written in Psalms 107, they all come down to one need, and that is their need to be redeemed from the hands of the foe. For the people who were written in this psalm, they were redeemed by the Lord, not by physical foe, but by the foe that they have made because of their rebellion against God. Brothers and sisters, the greatest enemy that these people have is their sinful unbelief to God. This is humanity's greatest foe from the beginning of time. Adam and Eve disobeyed the Lord because of their sinful unbelief. Cain murdered Abel because of his sinful unbelief. And fast forward to the New Testament. Pontius Pilate, together with all the Israelites and the other Gentiles, unitedly crucified Jesus Christ because of their sinful unbelief. Sinful unbelief is to believe the lies of the enemy, Satan, that you don't need the redemption of the Messiah, Jesus Christ. Sinful, sinful unbelief is to believe the lies of the enemy that you can endure this life even without God, just by your own strength, just by your own righteousness. Sinful unbelief is to ignore any help that is available and presented to you today by the gospel of Jesus Christ. So my dear friends, do not be like those people who have closed their eyes and have made their heart hard. Just like Pharaoh in our sermon series in Exodus. Do not be like the one or those people whom the Apostle Paul mentioned in Romans 1.21, that though they knew God, they did not glorify Him as God or show gratitude. My dear friends, let God rescue you from your sinful unbelief and gather you to those who are redeemed. Friends, hear the word of the Lord from Psalms 107, verse 43. Let whoever is wise pay attention to these things and consider the Lord's acts of faithful love. Be wise and desire God's faithful love that can be experienced through the root of Jesse, the Messiah, Jesus Christ. For He is the only Savior that can redeem you from the bondage of your sinful rebellion against God. So be wise and cry out to Him. Let Him rescue you in your sin. Cry out like the one person whom Jesus encountered in Mark 9, 24. He said, I do believe. Help my unbelief. Be like those people in the boat who cried out to Jesus, Lord, save us. Be wise and consider the Lord's acts of faithful love. And for my dear brothers and sisters, let me also warn and remind you through this passage. Sometimes and most of the time, our sufferings in life are God-given grace so that God's faithful love will patiently draw us near to Him 
and not allow us to wander further anymore. Our passage today has many examples of that, and God answered their prayers. Many times, they wander away from their Redeemer because of their sinful rebellion. But God broke their spirit in hard labor. God gave them affliction and sometimes sickness so that God can draw them near to Him. That is why when you are sick, do not harden your heart. Pray to God to rescue you and heal you. When you are penniless and jobless, cry out to God to help you in your distress. Do not be like the people who are hard in hearts that blame everything to God. When the prayer that you've been praying for over the years is not answered, trust that the Lord knows better. When your circumstance is difficult, cry out to the Lord in times of your trouble and know that He is your Redeemer because you are the redeemed of the Lord. And friends and brothers and sisters, do not also be mistaken that because you are now a Christian, you will be free from suffering and you will be exempted from the attacks of the enemy. There are many examples in the Bible like Job who suffered sickness with the permission of the Lord. And like the Apostle Paul who have thorns in the flesh, a messenger from Satan. It is with the permission of the Lord. Even though they were the most faithful servants. And the Lord Jesus Christ himself knows that while we are still here in this world, the world will hate us for we do not belong to this world. In this world, we will have many sufferings and trials and tribulations. But brothers and sisters, take comfort that our Redeemer, the Lord Jesus Christ, has prayed for us before He was taken up to heaven. Jesus Christ prayed, and Jesus Christ will not break a bruised reed, the Bible said. Take comfort that the servant of the Lord, Jesus Christ, will not break a bruised reed. Sometimes after our conversion, we need this kind of bruising so that we may know ourselves how to be lowly and how to be needy and how not to boast in our strength and in our mightiness. Brothers and sisters, even the Lord Jesus Christ himself was bruised for our iniquity. Why are these things allowed and permitted by God? It is because God's faithful love is only truly known to us when we prize Him more than anything else. I will repeat that phrase. God's faithful love is truly known to us when we prize Him among or more than anything else. God is worth more than anything else. Brothers and sisters, it is difficult to wait in this trying world, but take comfort because God's faithful love endures forever. Have you cried out to the Lord in your troubles? Have you hoped for His rescue in your distress? Have you known God's faithful love that endures forever? And brothers and sisters, my dear friends, 
if the redeemed knows this specific goodness of the Lord, if the redeemed has experienced God's faithful love that endures forever, when they cried out to the Lord, the word of the Lord in Psalms 107 calls for the redeemed many times in this passage to give thanks to the Lord. And this is our last point for today. The, Lord, the, the redeemed of the Lord give thanks to the Lord. Write down, if you are taking note, verse 1, verse 8, verse 15, verse 21, verse 22, verse 31, and verse 32. And maybe talk about these verses with your brothers and with your sisters when you talk about our sermon today. All these passages, the psalmist calls for those who, ex- who have experienced God's faithful love to offer thanks to God, to offer thanksgiving sacrifices, to exalt the Lord in the assembly of the people, to give thanks to the Lord. These redeemed people came from many different places from many stages in life, from many circumstances, but all of them were called by the psalmist to give thanks to the Lord. Why? Because verse 8 tells us to give thanks to the Lord for all His goodness. The redeemed of the Lord are to give thanks to God not only for the specific goodness that they have experienced, but because of the wondrous works of God for all humanity. In other words, they are called to give thanks to God just because God is good. Brothers and sisters, you are called by this passage, and everyone is called by this passage to give thanks to God because God is good. As a matter of fact, Psalms 107 does not demand only for the redeemed to give thanks to God. The call is for all. Look with me again on Psalms 107 verse 43. It says, let whoever, let whoever. It is a general call. Let whoever is wise pay attention to these things and consider the Lord's acts of faithful love. It is a general call, brothers and sisters. All people in all of God's creation are to ascribe glory and praises to the living God because God is good. But the redeemed of the Lord has all the reasons more than anyone else to give thanks to the Lord. For they have come to know the faithful love of the Lord. In what ways? Does the redeemed of the Lord can give thanks to God? In what ways can you give thanks to God? Where there are two ways that was mentioned in the last few verses in our text, in verse 32, all the way down. In verse 32, it says, In the assembly of the people and in the council of elders. In other words, in the assembly of all the redeemed, the redeemed of the Lord are to exalt His name. In the Bible, there are many examples written how the redeemed are to be given thanks. I mean, how the redeemed should give thanks to the Lord. 
Just look at the examples in the Old Testament. Look at King David. Look at King Solomon. King Hezekiah. King Josiah. All of these kings assembled and gathered together all of the Israelites in one assembly to give thanks to the Lord. In other words, we should give thanks to the Lord in the assembly of God's people. In the New Testament, the Apostle Paul wrote in the church in Ephesus, and he encouraged them that as they exalt Christ, they are to remember that they are no more strangers with one another, whether Jews or Gentiles, for they are one assembly of the redeemed of the Lord. The redeemed of the Lord should give thanks to God in the assembly of God's people. And the giving thanks to God doesn't end here. It continues even in the future, in the heavenly gathering. In Revelation 7 verse 9, a vast multitude from every nation, tribe, peoples, and tongues which no one could number, stands before the throne and before the Lamb, praising with a loud voice, salvation belongs to our God. So brothers and sisters, the redeemed of the Lord should give thanks to God in the assembly of the congregation. And then another way that we can give thanks to God is when we have our own personal contemplation about the wondrous works of God. Look at verse 43. I always go back to verse 43. The psalmist is contemplating. In other words, the psalmist is encouraging to consider the Lord's acts of faithful love. And then he enumerated all the reasons why the Lord is to be given thanks. From verse 33 to 42, he contemplates that the Lord is worthy of all praise. Why? Because the Lord has the power to change things according to His own authority. Verse 33 says, He turns rivers into desert, springs into thirsty ground. And then in verse 35, it's the other way around. The same Lord can turn the desert into pool and dry land into springs. And the rest of the verses tells that the Lord causes all these things to happen to humble those who are boastful and also to exalt those who are needy. So that the injustice will shut its mouth and the righteous will see the faithfulness of God. And they will rejoice. In other words, you can praise the Lord and give thanks to God in your own personal contemplation, just like what the psalmist did here in Psalms 107. So brothers and sisters, in what ways do you give thanks to the Lord? Do you give thanks to the Lord in your own personal contemplation? Do you exalt His name in the assembly of the people? Brothers and sisters, this is the reason why we gather each week in our Sunday gathering. It is because we are giving thanks to the Lord for His faithful love that endures forever. 
This is why we are calling every now and then for you to join men's discipleship, in women's discipleship, in youth's discipleship. That is why we encourage you to, to meet with another brothers and sister in the Lord so that you can give thanks in the assembly of God's people. And not only that, so that you can talk with one another and contemplate why God is worthy of all praise. That though we are Gentiles and we are non-Jews, we were welcomed by Christ Jesus. We give thanks in the assembly of His people. And Christians, you need the gathering. You need the local church. You need to hear sing, singing of songs that proclaim the beauty of the majesty of the Lord. You need to hear the scripture, the word that tells us about Jesus in both Old and New Testament. You need one another to be reminded that you never run out of your need of Jesus, your Redeemer. And Christians, you need to know more about Jesus in your own personal reading. You need to know more about your Redeemer in your personal meditation. That Jesus Christ is the living water that satisfies the thirsty. John 4, 14. That He is the bread of life that satisfies the hunger of our soul. John 6, 35. He is the new temple, Jesus Christ. He is the desirable dwelling place because God can be with us, Emmanuel, in Matthew 1, 23. He is the promised rest, our Sabbath, for the weariness of our soul in Matthew eleven twenty eight. He is our freedom from the chain of sin and death in Galatians 5, 1. He is the light that brought us out of darkness into God's marvelous light, John 8, 12. Friends, there are many more rescuing truths that the Bible proclaims about Jesus, but just for today, just for today, this is what I want you to remember and take away from this sermon about Jesus. That God's faithful love that endures forever was perfectly shown and can be fully known through Jesus Christ. For Jesus Christ knows exactly the faithful love that the Father has. And He has made it known to the redeemed and will continue to make it known to us. It is written in John 17, 26. You can take note of that. John 17, 26, the Lord Jesus prayed that the faithful love that the Father has, has for him, that he has made known to his disciples and will continue to make it known, might be known to us. And he prayed that we will be protected and rescued by the Father. So my dear friends, my brothers, and sisters in the Lord, have you come to know about this faithful love that endures forever? Have you cried out to the Lord to make his faithful love known to you? Have you given thanks to him because of his faithful love? My dear friends, my brothers and sisters in the Lord, this is the love of God that is firmly devoted to be proven until the end of days. You can be assured of that. Because Jesus, Jesus Christ died to carry your sin, to bear the penalty of death of your sin, Jesus was raised to life as a proof that God has accepted 
His sacrifice for your sin. Jesus gives His righteousness for those who believe. Jesus prayed for you and is praying for you right now so that you can be with Him together with all the redeemed. My friends, my brothers, my sisters in the Lord, Jesus is your Redeemer if you cry out to Him today, if you repent from your sin, if you turn away from your sinful unbelief. God will rescue you. God will save you because of His Son, Jesus. This is how God is firmly devoted in His love for sinners like us. Let whoever is wise pay attention to these things and consider the Lord's acts of faithful love. This is the wise thing that you can do. Let us all pray.